Welcome to Wisdom at the Crossroads. I'm your host, Amanda Onchalenko, and I'm excited to invite you into my studio practice remotely. Together, let's pause the rhythm of the day as we dive into the backstories of an artistic life, my life, exploring lessons learned through creativity and inspiration. So get yourself a beverage and let's settle in for a short while as we reflect on how some of my favourite paintings have evolved and what wisdom I have found at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Turos is the name of today's painting and also the name of a place. It is the home of my children's grandparents, but not the landscape I grew up in. So it is also a place of discovery for all of us. A new environment allows us to experience a sense of place with a new and open perspective. We see the unfamiliar in new ways and are more observant of details in the landscape. Turos is a coastal town on the south coast of New South Wales in Australia. It has rolling hills, pasture land, oyster farms and barrier beaches so numerous along the coast that they are numbered instead of named. Not all of the beaches are safe swimming zones, so if you do go, please swim between the flags like a good and well-trained Australian. Surfers like Churros because the area can get a good swell rolling, especially in the Christmas summer holidays, and the riptides that prevent swimmers are appreciated. They offer a timely ride back out behind the break to catch their next wave and don't require tiring their paddling arms. We could see the entrance to Freshwater Coiler Lake where it met T1, short for Churros Beach 1, from Nanny and Poppy's back veranda. T1 was sometimes interrupted by the lake entrance at Coiler after a big storm or a Christmas king tide that washed out the sandbar that sealed the freshwater lake from the ocean by sand built up in milder seasons. After the entrance, T1 is miles long and a shell picker's paradise. From Nanny and Poppy's veranda, if we were particularly observant, we could make out the spout of a whale heading south during whaling season. Tides are important here and make for some fun, natural, not-so-lazy river action at the lake's entrance, which is the preferred swimming zone. Water flows sometimes aggressively into the ocean and can be a lot of fun. Just make sure you have the ability to cross diagonally to the sand before the lazy river, in inverted commas, meets the waves. Turos has all the recreational sites common to coastal resort areas, including a golf course and a bowling club, both of which find their way into today's backstory. My husband is an avid golfer, used to the tempered conditions of Canadian courses, prone to heavier water content in their soils and soft and forgiving grasses. Turos Golf Course meanders over nine holes uphill from the second after a gentle downslope from the clubhouse and the tee-off at the first hole. The second hole has some water features and is said to be home to a big old brown snake, so do beware. My cousins coached my husband, sharing some of the finer points of Australian golf etiquette. The first and most important is to never reach your hand into a cup to retrieve your ball. Flip it instead with the end of the putter to avoid any unnecessary handling of the black snake, who may or may not have moved into the third or fourth hole. As well, spiders, it goes without saying, there are a few of them that will also kill you. Conversations like this are a great way to get around going. The other lessons my prairie husband and golfer of long courses and wide open spaces learned was to rein in his impressive and not always directed swing. Coastal golf courses are often prone to wind and Turos, with its beautiful cooling breezes, 
featured greens that had about as much give as your average dining room table. I think you get an idea of Turos the place. Turos the painting is a version of the view from the top of the fifth or sixth hole that were up the aptly named Heart Attack Hill. This was close to the road that meandered around the course's perimeter and lured tourists into the town centre itself down another set of hills, these ones not so rolling and gentle as my memory of pushing a stroller there some years ago can attest. The view from the top of the golf course is spectacular. It tumbles visually down to the ocean and the lake entrance. Nothing is flat here, including the greens. My attention always paused on the manicured arcs of the greens that felt like little alien landing sites amidst the more rugged and naturalised Australian landscaping style. This spectacular view that cascades down towards the ocean is the subject of my painting, painted on 22 and a half inches by 60-inch stretched canvas. It's an odd size because I bought them from someone who had had them made, and beautifully made by the way, they were solid and straight, but my friend had decided they didn't want to work with the shape. A narrow horizontal can be a bit of a challenge, but I'm always up for a painting challenge. The natural angles in the landscape that defined the boundary between freshwater of lake and the ocean were an interesting place to start the composition. That view combined with the flat arcs of the greens that drew my eye down the hill from the road felt playful. I began underpainting in a contrasting colour so the bulk of the foreground of what we emotionally consider should be green was warm in nature. My plan was to add layers over the top so that the discrepancy between the contrasting colours used would bounce the eye around the composition as it naturally sought to balance the visual energy of the competing colours. Imagine my husband's golf ball bounding from one area of the course to another as the overzealous swing negotiated the hard, compacted coastal earth. A pinball-like action that was part of the original plan I had for this composition. Best laid plans are usually just plans in my painting practice, as once I have colour on the canvas, the actions of the brush and the beginning marks in the colour story will lead me in the direction the developing composition dictates. Remember, I'm not trying to replicate some point in a landscape, but instead to use the features of a landscape as a starting point for an evolving journey in acrylic across a canvas. Think of it as problem-solving an equation, but in colour instead of with numbers. This painting plan, as many of mine do, backfired. I liked the loose results that evolved in the beginning, and my efforts from there became an exercise in restraint, which is hard for me. I'm the queen of overpainting. Sometimes I get stuck on a composition and leave it to sit for a bit on a secondary wall, where I can see it only peripherally while I'm working on something else. A large space is helpful for this and not so available in my current studio. Less became more in the journey of Churros. It was purchased by another local artist, which as an artist is a lovely compliment. Like many of these episodes, I am reminded that my record-keeping leaves a lot to be desired, so Churros's owner kindly sent me some snapshots for show-and-tell in the blog. You'll find it at www.mandart.ca. There is another view I painted that features part of the golf course at Churros. This painting lives in my bathroom at home, which is always a great place for art, by the way. This piece has no official title that I can recall, but it does take me back to a place in time. Locals are known to take a shortcut from Coiler Avenue across the second hole, hence the familiarity with the brown snake's habitat. 
From there, they scoot across the edge of the first hole to cut off a couple of sizable hills on the way to the beach at T1. This second version of Turos is actually a third and replaced on canvas an idea I had painted on paper with chalk pastel and acrylic that was sold early and really was one of those pieces that I should have kept. Every artist has stories of the one that got away and I have a few of them. This version of Turos that hangs in the bathroom is small. I'll measure it tonight, but I think it's about 12 by 24 inches. It describes referentially the view from the bowling green, uphill from the scampering locals sneaking across the course to the beach without hills. This view takes in more of Coyle Lake and suggests the pastoral land beyond the lake's edges in the background and it's all described in a very sketchy, washy way. I love its simplicity and I love the memory it ignites of grandchildren watching Poppy play lawn bowls in his creams as we took in the temperate breeze while eating our chicken chips and drinking our lemonade. Priceless. All this talk of memories has me wanting to book our flights. It's been so long. On the home front here, we may not be quite ready for golf and beach walks, but the ice is off the lake thanks to the howling winds that blew so hard eight-foot-tall Bruce the Spruce has tipped more than a little off his kilter. Similarly, at the studio, a new season is beginning, though there are no winds to negotiate indoors. My most recent commissions have gone to their forever homes, and I am enjoying the beginning of a retro pair of 36-inch squares. I'm calling them retro not because of any subject, but the current colour story has a 70s vibe, with some electric acid colours finding their way into the scheme. I'm allowing this pair to evolve on the paint wall just because. While it's nice to be asked to paint site-specific works with commissions, and I'm always grateful to my clients whose purchases allow me to continue in studio practice, there is something liberating about the feel of liquid acrylic at the end of my brush, piano tunes in the background, and a new painting on the wall without any plan or outcome in mind. It's time to play. The meditation begins at Plantation Point at Turos Head. Turos is a peninsula between two lakes and an ocean on the south coast of New South Wales. Turos gets beautiful temperate breezes on even the hottest of Australian summer days. My dad, not a religious man by any stretch, and a resident there for over 20 years, has always called this place God's country. You probably have a place in your history, you know, the kind of place you can actually smell and hear when you close your eyes and go back to thinking of times once spent there. Turos is one of my memorable places, and I'd like to take you there with this meditation in search of some personal guidance. Find yourself a comfortable spot, seated or reclined, and supported if necessary, some place where you won't be disturbed. Focus a few moments on your breath as you remove yourself from the activity of your day to be still for just a little while. Close your eyes as you focus on the rhythm of your breath. Breathing in and breathing out. Try to remember to breathe in fully to expand and round out the chest. Then exhale fully so there is no air left to inflate the belly. Follow your own rhythm, expanding with the inhale and deflating with the exhale. Remember to simply be you, breathing at your own pace, yet aware of fully enunciating the process. 
I find it helps if I close my eyes. The journey begins under the cover of the majestic Norfolk pines planted by Hector McWilliam many years ago at Plantation Point. Canadians might know a Norfolk pine as a seedling seasonally available as an indoor houseplant. At Turos, Norfolk pines are majestic shade towers that line the headland and form a consistent canopy over Remembrance Day services that take place looking out to sea from this location on the coast. We'll begin by negotiating a welcoming path beneath the shade of these great pines. From the cover of shade at Plantation Point, we'll follow the trodden path to a grassy plateau that scrambles from the edge of the Norfolk Pine Forest to the smooth brown basalt rocks that meet the ocean. It's a meandering trail, but the sound of the ocean and the early morning light leads us to the sun-warmed, weather-worn, chocolate-brown spread of rock where the ocean meets the earth. We sit down. We are comfortable and we take in the view. Breathing in the sweet sea air mixed with the aroma of summer pine that surrounds us. If you listen carefully, you can hear the repetitive hush of the morning swell gently surging and retreating to the sand below this basalt platform. The morning is clear and quiet as we relax watching the water and absorbing the peaceful energy that abounds. We notice backlit waves rolling in sets towards us from our elevated vantage point. The waves rise and fall in a consistent, soothing rhythm. Shapes appear in the backlit waves, and when we look closely we notice a trio of dolphins at play, hamming it up, surfing like a bunch of teenagers competing for a break. They are contained within the silhouette of the rising and receding swell. We visually follow their path north as they swim and arc far from our view. I smile to myself as I imagine what competitive conversation might be taking place underwater amongst them. Warmed by the sun's early rays and relaxed by the recurrent shh of the water on sand, our gaze fixes on the horizon. Looking out to sea, you are curious about reflections in the distance and white caps suggesting the crest of a wave foaming further out in the distance. The sun feels like a gentle caress as you rest with your thoughts and take in the energy of the ocean on this almost breathless morning. In the quiet of this morning space you have allowed yourself, take a moment to mentally ask the universe for guidance. You are not surprised that while you have barely articulated your request, your own loving guide sits down quietly beside you. Resting and at peace in each other's presence, your soul friend reaches out a hand to help you to your feet. Silently, you are invited to take a walk along the beach that begins its sandy arc a few steps across and down from the sun-warmed rocks on which you stand. You are comforted and comfortable in this presence. 
Together you make your way to the sand, and once there, looking down at your feet, you notice the texture of the warm white sand. You feel the refreshment of the water as its stretching reach courses over your toes. You pause here to inhale the air and observe the situation around you. You notice your guide at your side and make note of what he or she or they are wearing on their feet, if anything. Take a breath now to assimilate this image before you continue walking hand in hand along this peaceful shore. You make your way along the sand feeling calm and relaxed and realize you are mentally requesting and receiving an audience. Your guide, your own personal manifestation of loving guidance, is intuitively sharing the wisdom you seek. Take a moment now to acknowledge this message that is prescribed specifically for you. Don't stress if you don't immediately recognize any specific information or awareness, but do keep in mind the potential of receiving information as you progress along this journey and later make your way through the day. You might like to mentally ask your guide to share their name and then listen for a response in case a name or a sentiment is forthcoming. Take a look at your guide's face now and ask yourself, do they remind me of anyone I know or have known? What are they wearing? Note the colour and texture of their apparel. Is it similar to yours or is their clothing vastly different? Whatever it is, notice and accept. Notice and accept also any wisdom your guide is offering as you continue your stroll together on this lovely, quiet beach. The sand leads you both to a lone, mature pine tree that stands tall on the headland in the distance. After a considerable yet effortless walk, your guide stops at a bench in the comfortable shade of this mature tree at the far end of the beach. Together you sit down and take in the expansive view on the horizon. It's beautiful. A full exhale as you rest after your walk denotes the end of your journey together. After taking in the distance you have travelled together from one end of the beach to the other in supportive company, you realise your guide is no longer sitting beside you. Yet the feeling of comfort and loving support they have inspired within you remains. Take a moment to take in the expanse of ocean that leads your view calmly to the horizon. Stay with these images and the feeling of comfort as long as you like or are able to. Try to assimilate or contemplate the messages or intuitive feelings your guide has brought to your awareness during this practice. If you have time to journal or write, I invite you to take that time for yourself. Otherwise, breathe deeply 
and begin to bring small movements back into your physical body. Take a couple of cleansing breaths as you stretch and fully inhabit where you presently are before you ready yourself to move into whatever is next in your day. Thanks for joining me for a walk along Poppy's favourite sandy beach in paradise. The show notes will share a few snapshots of the Norfolk Pines on Plantation Point. That will help in your understanding of scale if your Norfolk Pine experience is limited to the indoor plant variety. You'll find them on my blog. I hope you enjoyed today's meditation. Be you and be well, and I'll look forward to getting together again soon. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're able to find something that resonated for you as we journeyed through the backstories of art, life, and inspiration together. Watch for new episodes to drop weekly on Tuesdays. I'll meet you there with your morning coffee or afternoon tea as we gather in my studio remotely. Unless, of course, you knock on my door or pop into my messages. Find me on Instagram at mandartcanada or on my website www.mandart.ca where you'll find show notes and images of the artworks we discuss on the podcast in the blog. Feel free to bring a friend or reach out with your questions or comments. I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, I will look forward to joining with you again as we seek wisdom at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Take care. Bye now.